have been announcing for some time, tonight will be about missions uh, and a direction or an explanation. Uh, before we even get started, I want you to know I do not have all the answers to all of this yet. Uh, but we need to get started, and uh, so this, what this service is about tonight, so that we don't have to go, oh, I missed that. What were we talking about? Oh, I missed that. What were we talking So we thought I'll just take one service. Uh, because we're getting ready to make some adjustments in our missions ministry or our outreach here. It's very important that you understand as much as we can. Uh, back about five years ago, a little over five years ago, uh, I knocked on his door, and uh, shortly after that, he got saved. And uh, in five short years, uh, I think it's been a year and a half he's been on staff. A year and a half he has been on staff and uh, just gives himself Whatever's asked of him, he just, yes, sir, goes on with it and does the very best that he can. But when I brought him on board, I told him my purpose was to make him the uh, director of our missions program for a lot of reasons, I think, which he will kind of hit on as, as he gets up here. Uh, and I thought to myself, we're, we're going forward so fast and taking on so many missionaries, I could not keep up. And so with Miss uh, Commander gone, uh, I decided we would take him on and uh, he can begin to research and look up things, and he found a lot. And uh, so we're going to try to explain some of this to you tonight and then tell you some definitions and some directions and then what I think we are going to start to do. Again, I do not have all the answers for all of this. I just know we need to start turning a little bit and going in a more proper direction. Uh, and so that's what all this is about right now. So Brother Celier is our missions director. This is what this service is about. And uh, so we want you to hear it from him and from me uh, tonight as best we can explain it and try to tell you uh, what's going on. And so about three years ago, uh, I think as best I can remember, things started bothering me. Uh, every time I'd hear missions or I'd hear about missions or I'd hear another director talk about miss their missions program, I kept thinking to myself, what? Something's wrong. Something's not fitting. And I couldn't figure it out. It was just started to bother me. And then the more I talked to those who had been on the mission field for quite some time, uh, the more it brought up more questions. Something, something wasn't fitting. Something's not right. We're not doing something. But I didn't know what it was. So when you do that, you don't just say, oh, well, we'll just keep going. No, you try to find out answers to those problems. And then in my particular case, then I have to teach other people. Well, now I have Brother Celia with me also. And so uh, we're kind of in this together. And so I thought to myself, okay, something's wrong. And as soon as he got on board, he started bringing to my attention certain things that were going on. And I, I would have never known. I would never have known, seriously. And then most of you were here when Brother Nouns and, and Brother Pledger, uh, his uncle, were here. And uh, hopefully, uh, at least on that Sunday night, I thought Brother um, uh, Johnny Nouns, Brother John Nelms did a tremendous job in explaining some things to us that maybe you never heard before. You know why? Because most of you were taught by me, and I never heard it before. And so I'm learning as you're learning. Hopefully I can stay just at least a half a step ahead of everybody, and I think I can with his help. And so tonight, this is what we're going to do. So I wanted to let you know that Brother Celier is heading all this up. He and I work together, but this is his responsibility. I've handed it off to him. He and I talk about it. He and I organize it. He doesn't do anything with at least asking me or telling me what's going on. And so, uh, But we're working at this together. We want to be a blessing to you. We want us to be a blessing to the cause of Christ. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So I want to introduce to you, uh, of course, brother, uh, it's Ray Ancillier. Uh, he'll answer almost anything. 
but it's R-A-Y-A-N. It's not R-Y-A-N. That's M. It's R-A-Y-A-N. Ryan. But he said if you call him Ryan, he'll answer anyway. And so uh, that's why I call him Brother Celia. Uh, at times, I forget his first name. I've called him Brother Pledger for so long. Uh, so that's just that's his first name. Uh, but I'm glad to have you here tonight. So here is Brother Celia. <laughs> so, um, so like Pastor said, um, he brought me on here um, here in um, this past November, 2021, um, which is about a year and a half ago. Um, Pastor brought me on, um, and he told me that he's going to try to work with me to get me um, to become the missions director here at um, at Anchor. Um, you know, at first I really didn't know what all that entailed, but um, but you know, he explained to me, explained what um, what he was thinking of. He st- he, he explained what um, you know what was bothering him about everything. Um, and then he said, you know, here you go, figure it out. So, um, so, um, as we, as we, me and him talked more and more and more. So when I joined here, um, when I, when I, when I got here as a mission director, um, we had 78 missionaries that we, we supported financially. Um, and then we had that, um, that, uh, missions conference, um, shortly after that in February, um, which put us up to 82, uh, missionaries that we supported, um, at that time. Um, you know, and, and pastor was, you know, was telling me um, kind of the things that he was concerned about um, and the fact of not being able to um, keep up with a lot of the letters. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, me personally right now, it's sometimes really hard to keep up with a lot of letters. I mean, talking 80 or, you know, at the time it was 82 missionaries. That's a lot. Um, but so when I came on, um, Pastor, you know, told me um, my responsibilities were to um, um, read through all the correspondence, all the missionaries, get in contact with the missionaries, speak to them, let them know who you are, um, and um, and try to um, foremost be a, re- a steward of what you guys give um, and what we give to um, for the cause of Christ. Um, and you know, and he told me told me that, and he let me know, and um, I started reading. And um, Pastor emphasized when we were when we were talking um, what his idea was of missionaries, um, just because I. I only know missionaries from just like you guys know missionaries from what we experience here. You know, they come in your door um, and they, you know, they say they're missionaries. You show us the videos and they go out of state. Um, but there's three things that they always say when they come here um, to present to us. And it's, um, we're going, you know, win souls, baptize them, build the churches. And, you know, that's what pastor emphasized with us is what missionary, what mission work should be um, is that. And that's what he emphasized to me whenever we, 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 we talked whenever, I started here. Um, so starting reading letters, um, I started realizing that a lot of the letters um, were, were there was a lot of talking about the mission, which is fine. I understand. You want to talk about kids. You want to tell them about your experiences. You want to tell them about, um, you know, what's going on there. Um, but there was very, 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 very few missionaries that actually talked about what Winnie Soul was, what churches they were building, what they were doing. Um, most times it's, you know, the work they were there. Um, talking about their kids, their activities, and things that they did along those lines. And um, the more and more I read, the more and more I, I realized it was just like, um, you know, okay, but where's your soul winning? Where's the baptizing? Where's the building churches? Um, and I was, I, I started talking to Pastor about that. I mean, you know, I, Pastor, I mean, I just, I don't see it. I, I, I cannot put a number of what, and that was my big thing, you know, my thought is, 
finances are coming in, let's put a, let's try to find and put a number on that. If soul's one, soul's one right here. Um, it's 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 a weird way to do it, but um, you know it's it's a way to be efficient. You know, you want to be as efficient for winning souls as anybody else, and keeping track of that and, and realizing that um, and trying to f- trying to figure out you know how much money am I spending for my return, which is a soul. So we just started going with that. That sounds very analytical, very worldly in that aspect, but that's just what I was thinking. Um, but Pastor and I started talking. I started talking, man, Pastor, I can't, you know, there's this this missionary, this missionary, this missionary, and I could always see where they won souls, and I could give you stories from there. But then um, that's not all the missionaries. So um, Pastor and I talked about it. He said, um, I want you to go back, and I want you to figure out what the missionaries said. That's that was fun. So went back, um, got three three letters from all our missionaries I could find, um, all the missionaries I could find. I took three of their mission letters from the past just to kind of go back, start over, and start reading. Um, and what I started running into is a lot of the missionaries that we did, and I say a lot, it's, it's, it was a few, but um, a lot of the missionaries that we did, correspondent-wise, I wasn't really finding correspondence. You know, I, I looked online with all the database because – Miss Miss Sarah kept immaculate email records, um, and then she kept really good records as far as letters. So the letters that they were sending in were being kept. Um, but then I was going over and going over and trying to read and looking and looking. Um, you know, we had 82 missionaries at the time, so I'm trying to go back and find out, you know, um, with these missionaries. Um, and then there was a lot of missionaries that did not have. Um, we didn't have one way to get in contact with them. Um, two, we didn't have um, letters from them for a long time. There's one of our missionary in particular that it's been over a year since we actually received a letter back from him. Um, so pastor, talked to pastor about it, showed him, and he said, hey, I need you to get in contact with every missionary you can. Send them a letter. Let them know that you need to see what their letters and, and see what's going on. Um, did that, and I got a lot of answers. I also did not get a lot of answers, though. Um, and it wasn't that I only tried one time. Hey, I'm going to send you an email, and then that's it. No, there was multiple attempts for me to get a hold of them, and it did not happen. Um, and so going through there, we talked to Pastor, and um, Pastor said, I mean, if they're not responding to you, then um, we, we want to drop them. Um, so we made that decision at that time um, to, to drop those missionaries that were not responding. And then I started I started going looking. There was also we, we were supporting missionaries at the time that we actually weren't supporting because um, I went through now. Um, contacted all the boards that we um, that that we work with. Contacted all. Hey, send me the list of missionaries that you have that we support here at Anchor, and then I matched it up with the list that we had. Come to find out, it was a lot of cross um, things. You know, missionaries that we said we were going to support, we haven't been supporting for months. Missionaries that we don't even know we were supporting um, somehow, and um, so that took a while to try to figure out. Um, what that was, but we fixed it, and it's been fixed for about um, a year now, um, where everybody that we say that we support, we are getting financial support from them, and all the people that we were supposed to be supporting, we did we did fix that also. It's not like, you know, we gave them our promise that we would support them, so we went back and we, we, we kept our promise. Um, we just, at the time, didn't know. Um, so I brought all these things to your attention, you know, Pastor, one of the, one of the things that Pastor told me is, like, I need you to, you know, to try to, I need you to try to figure out for us to be 
good stewards for missions. And it wasn't it wasn't that and it wasn't that it was like our irresponsibilities. It was just we were very overwhelmed with what we had at the time, um, with the amount of missionaries that we had at the time. Um, Pastor, like he said, he did his best um, a lot of the times to try to keep up with the missionaries, but it was it's it's difficult. It's a lot. But um, so that being said, so what I did, um, like I said, I went back, um, contact all the emails. We went through, try to find all the missionaries that we said that they said they were going to support us um, or that we we were in support. Try to file correspondence. I let all the missionaries know at the time, hey, I need correspondence from you guys at least once a month. And if you can't make once a month, at least, you know, at a bare minimum, I need every two months. Um, and everybody started sending me as much as they could. They, they send me what they can. There's still a couple that, you know, later on we found out that kind of just started and, and stopped. And then we had missionaries that came off the field for other reasons, this, that, and the other. Um, so, um, so once everything went down, we we ended up with um, we ended up with 68 missionaries that we support currently right now, um, and, and and that was like I said, it was a combination of um, you know them some coming off the field, some miscommunications, and some not communicating at all. Um, and so all that being said, all the issues that we kind of went into, this is what Pastor um, told us: Hey, we need to figure this out. There's something that we have we're we're doing wrong. We don't with us, but then you have people that are in countries where they, they kill they communicate and they seem to always get a letter out to us at the time. Um, so how is that fair? I, 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 I don't understand, but that's just what we were dealing with. So um, I remember um, when I first got here, I went, I've been on already three mission trips out to uh, Brother Nelms. And I used to have a lot of conversation with Brother Nelms at the time. He was explaining what mission work like, what it is, and all that stuff to me. And pastors had all the years that we've gone to Honduras before, pastors had this conversation. So pastor had um, the wisdom just remembering, hey, I need, why don't you call Brother Nelms, give him a call. Um, talk to him, see if you could grasp some type of understanding of um, what's going on. And, and it was kind of surprising because, um, you know, Brother Nelms started talking to him and he hit everything. I mean, without even knowing what we were actually dealing with when I went and talked to him. I mean, he could, he told exactly what we were doing exactly the amount of missionaries we had, exactly the countries that we were sending our missionaries. And it's not that he knew it all. It's, it's the fact of it's, it's a, it's a trend. It's all, it's, it's just what we've been taught, um, through, you know, through times. It's just how Baptists did it for the, for the longest time. So that's how everybody's taught. And he's been, he's been working on this for a really long time to try to show, um, what mission work is, is like. Um, so, you know, we brought Brother Nelms in. We brought Brother Tim Pledger in, Brother Tony Pledger. Um, I can talk about his uncle, but he was, he was Brother Pledger explained a lot of um, his church kind of being in the same situation that we currently are, not his church, but his uncle's church um, back in, um, in Florida. And he kind of explained um, the situations that we were all talking to him. So I reached out to Brother Tim and talked to him too. And then um, Pastor and I decided to bring him on, bring them here for the missions conference to try to teach all of us. Um, and just like you guys did, just like I did at that time, there's a lot of things that I didn't know and a lot of things that I didn't understand, which they made completely clear for us when we came over. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I learned a lot. I, I have a, a grasp, a better understanding of what missions like, what a national pastors like, why why things are the way they are, um, and um, why things are the way they are, and um, 
and what it is that we need to do versus to um, move forward. Um, so here in a minute, I'm going to call Pastor back up. Um, he's going to come talk to you guys. Um, and um, after Pastor comes talk, I'm going to try to explain to you every step that I take that I took so far, um, and the um, for our missions program, where um, we're at currently with the missionaries that we have, and what the plan is to move forward. Okay, I'm going to call Pastor back up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me explain a little more, perhaps, of what he said about the mission boards uh, and us supporting the wrong people. Uh, that had nothing to do with us other than when we sent the money. Somehow, they ended up applying it to missionaries we didn't even know. And so he caught that. Had he not been here, we would probably still be doing that. We didn't even know. And the missionaries we should have taken on and told them we would, they weren't receiving anything. So they had to straighten all that out and pay those guys what we said we were going to pay them. So, yes, because of him, we got that straightened out. Because of him, we found out some people have moved their ministry from here to there. I didn't know that either. Uh, it, it's a lot of correspondence. It's a lot of constant checking. And I wish we didn't have to do that at all. Uh, but the person who brought this to my mind the first time was actually Brother Nels. And he said, uh, so how are you missionaries doing? said, so you just leave it at that? What do, you, what do you mean? He said, how do you know? And he began to tell me that even in Honduras and places he goes, that he knows missionaries that go down there, get all the support that they can. They go down there. They build a church and go there on Sunday morning, maybe Sunday night. Other, they live in another part of town. They're not involved with the people. They're not connected with the people, but they're drawing support. And every so many years or every six months, they'll come back here get more support and go back and live down there again. How do you check on that? I can't even keep up with all the letters we were having at that time. How do you keep check on that? So when Brother uh, Syria came on board, he said, Preacher, I don't know if you know this. Preacher, are we supposed to be doing this? Preacher, what do we do about that? I didn't know. And so he's been a huge help uh, to me to understand these kinds of things. Let's, let's talk a little definition here again, okay? Let's talk about missionary. Missionary, by definition, is this. It means pertaining to missions. One who propagates the gospel. Now you say, well, preacher does that, soul winners do that. Okay, well, let's go on. We say the apostle Paul went on three missionary journeys. That's what you hear people say. Problem is, the word missionary is not even in the Bible. Evangelist is, which I tend to believe is really what the apostle Paul was. He was not a missionary. I don't know why we started saying that. I think maybe we got that from Southern Baptists or somebody because we didn't know else how to define that. But there is no missionary word in the Bible. There is none in there whatsoever. All positions are ultimately for the edifying of the body of Christ, whether it is a, uh, in other words, uh, edifying the body of Christ, build up the local church. The local church is the body of Christ. So when we talk about all positions are to be building up the local church, that's true. Go to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. In Ephesians chapter number 4, look at verse number 11. You know these verses, but let's look at it now in light of pastors and missionaries. Watch what he says here. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. No missionary. Didn't mention missionary at all. We're so used to using the term missionary, come find it's not even Bible. 
Now, I'm not necessarily against that. We use the term rapture all the time. That's not in the Bible. But because of that, in this particular case, we've gotten pastor mixed up with evangelist. And we've gotten evangelist mixed up with pastor. I'll try to explain that to you in a moment. Watch what he says. Verse 11. He gave some uh, apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Then he tells us what for. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means edifice, to build up, to build up the local body of Christ. Watch what he says. Till we all, ready, are you there? Till we all come in unity of the faith. Now, we're still talking about the local church and what's supposed to be taking place there. When a person gets saved, they don't just go off and live the way they want to. God has designed a local church. A local church. And he set a man in that place or men in that place called elders, pastors, to watch over that. I'll talk to you about that in a moment too. But what what is the purpose? Why do we need to come to church? Okay. Now we're talking about pastoring. Watch what happens. You're talking about the local church. Till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There's people out there, especially with new Christians, they get attacked right off the bat. So we have people out there, and, and we come to find out that every one of these positions that are talked about right here is for the building of the local church, wherever that local church is. Wherever that local Bible-believing church is, every one of these positions is for that church in that area. Uh, if you've taken high school Bible here or been in our institute, you know that every, when it talks about the church, it's not talking about a worldwide church, not talking about we're all part of the church, that's Catholic doctrine, we are a local church, I am the shepherd of this local church, and because of that, God holds me responsible for what we do and how we go about it. So my job and the men here is to edify, build up the local body of Christ for the work of the ministry, for the work of the ministry. Now the word evangelist, the closest we come to that will be the word missionary. We don't know what else to do. In my mind, I'm thinking, so what does evangelists do? Basically, they're the missionary, like his uncle. So what happens, a preacher, a, an evangelist is this by definition, a preacher or publisher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, licensed to preach. Listen carefully, listen carefully. So we're saying evangelist is as close to mission explanation as we can possibly get. Watch. Not having charge of a particular local church. So a missionary, we'll use that, is not assigned to a position in any local church. Why? Because he keeps moving. He establishes, I'll talk to you about that in a minute. A pastor is a shepherd. Of course, a, a, a real pastor out in the woods somewhere, out there on the plains, is one that cares for the flocks and herds that belong to him. Now, apply that to a ministry. A ministry is a minister of the word of God. Watch, watch carefully. Now, I just told you that an evangelist or a missionary is not have charge of a particular local church. Listen to the definition of a pastor. By definition, it is one, a minister, he ministers the word of God who has charge of a local church whose duty is to watch over the people in his charge and instruct them in the doctrine of God's word. You see the difference? One has a place and a purpose here. 
The other one has a place and purpose over there. They're not one and the same. They're not interchangeable. Therefore, when a missionary decides to stay put, build a church, and work there all the time, he's not a missionary anymore. No matter what title he has, by definition, he is now a pastor. Turn to Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. In Hebrews chapter number 13, I have three verses here I want you to look at. Look at verse number 7. Remember them which have the rule over you. That's not an evangelist. That's not a missionary. Watch what he says. Who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Now, if I've got a missionary and he's moving all over the world and training and teaching other people, how am I supposed to follow his faith? I, can't, I don't even know where he's at half the time. But watch what it says here. Considering the end of their conversation. Go down to verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. Missionaries don't have the rule over you. Evangelists don't have the rule over you. A pastor does that. A pastor. Whether you like the word rule or not, that's what the Bible talks about. He said, and submit yourself to it, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. Evangelists don't give account for you. Missionaries don't give an account for you. Pastors give an account for you. In this particular case, I do. So now what I'm trying to show you is the absolute difference between an evangelist or missionary and a pastor. A pastor is someone who's been called of God and now is assigned to an area to a specific group of people. A missionary, well, I'll talk to you about that in a moment also. Look at verse number 24, same chapter. Salute them that have the rule over you and all the saints. And it goes on and talks about those in Italy, talking about Italian people. Anyway, so uh, elder, we hear that word elder, right? Now, it is true that an elder is an older person. That's what elder means. But in the church, in the first churches that were started, elders were men who enjoyed offices and ecclesiastical functions. The word elder also applies to apostles, pastors, teachers, bishops, overseers, and evangelists, elders. Okay, now I'm confused. Hang in there. After Paul and those that traveled with him preached, I'll show you some Bible here in a minute. After they would preach in an area, they would go to an area where a lot of Jews were. First of all, that's where he started. He would go to a place where there were a lot of Jews and they would preach the gospel. He was taking the gospel. He wasn't preaching Bible. He was taking the gospel. Though he did argue with people, and he did argue with people about the law versus grace. Paul did that all the time. We come to find out people got saved. Then he taught them the basics of the... Remember, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a Bible. So once Paul won them to Christ, he taught them the basic doctrines of the Christian life. Then he established elders in that place. I'll show you in the Bible here in a second. He put elders... He didn't just walk away and say, Hey, you folks are on your own. Thank the Lord, at least you're saved. That's not what he did. That's not the way God set this thing up. God set missionaries and or evangelists, soul winners too, but soul winners bring everybody back to this place, back to this place. Missionaries go from here. They establish things like the apostle Paul. He didn't go on three missionary journeys. There's no missionary in the Bible. I think Paul was an evangelist. He wasn't a pastor. You'll not find where Paul pastored ever anywhere. 
So what we find out, though, in all of this, Paul would preach the gospel. He would then get these people together. He would establish them in basic doctrines of the Bible. Then he would apply and establish an elder or someone that was traveling with him temporarily until elders could be assigned to that church. An elder is also a pastor. You follow me? Okay, so this is kind of where we're at. So what happens here is he placed a pastor over these believers, and then he moved on. Paul did not stay. I stay. I'm a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I'm not an evangelist. I don't start something and move on. I don't go for Evidently, a lot of pastors are doing that too. Anyway, Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Go to Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter number 14, look at verse number 21. Now you need to see, basically, this, is, this was Paul's um, system that he followed almost everywhere he went. Sometimes one place he stayed for two years, another place he stayed for a week, some places he stayed for a month. So Paul was always moving. Paul never stayed. So whether you want to call it three missionary journeys, that's okay with me. I don't have a problem with that. Paul was not a pastor, though, never was a pastor. Paul never stayed in a church and then built Christians that were saved there. Paul went, uh, Brother Nelms tried to explain to me one time, every time I'd go down there, I told him, I said, I'm going to make a fundamentalist out of you. He goes, no, I'm not. I'm going to make you a liberal. And uh, so he and I would talk, and then late at night when everybody else would go to bed, we start talking about things concerning church and evangelism. And I couldn't understand why when he goes someplace would he not apply certain standards of dress and music and stuff. He said, he called, George, that's not what's important to me. And I thought, what do you mean it's not what's important? It's important to God. And then one night while we were talking, he made this statement and it made perfect sense. He said, what I do, I go in an area, find out where people have a need of the gospel, I start winning people to Christ, I find other people that are there, I get them all together, I set them up, and that's where you come in. You're the one that teaches and preaches doctrine and the Bible and standards and how to live for God and what to do from there. My job is to go through places where people aren't, find a group of people, win them to Christ, set them all up, and then find somebody like you and say, you need to pastor those people. Finally, it made sense to me. Now I know why he didn't do that. Now here's what we have on our, on our, on our mission field. We have a lot of guys that went to the mission field as missionaries who really are pastors of churches. I'm not against that. We need them. We need them. But we're talking about our missions program, not our pastor's program, not our church program. We're talking about our missions program, right? Okay, watch what happens here. Look at verse number 21. And when he had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Icut. See, he's moving. He's moving. And to Antioch. Confirming the souls of the disciples. So all the places he had preached and been to about the gospel, now he's going to go back and see how all these people are doing. He's not pastoring. He's just going back and visiting, making sure everything's still moving in the right direction. And exhorting them to continue in the faith that they must, through much tribulation, see he's explaining basic doctrine that evidently even today people don't understand, entering the kingdom of God. Verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church, so Paul went there, preached the gospel, went back, helped to settle some doctrine, and then ordained elders in every one of those churches he had been in. This is the system of an evangelist or missionary. That's what they're supposed to be doing. I am the elder that he established at a church, if you would. He said, I need you to stay there and watch over these flock 
I got it started. Now I've got to move on. So here, elder, you take this and start teaching them what God wants them to do. Watch what else he says here. So we find out here, when he had, verse 23, ordained elders in every church and had prayed with, with and fasted, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after that, they passed through Pisidia and passed through Pamphylia. And when he had preached the word in Perga, they went down to there and thence sailed to Antioch. From hence, they went. They were recommended to the grace of God for the work which they have fulfilled. And when they were come, I'm sorry, and when they were come, they had gathered the church together. They rehearsed. Now they're coming back giving a report in Jerusalem and Antioch. So let me tell you what happened when we went to all these places. This is what he's saying. He rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he opened the door to the Gentiles. So Paul starts off going from city to city and place to place. And when you read the book of Acts, this guy was always on the go. I mean, he was always on the go. And come to find out when that was done, one of the first things he did, he basically settled them down, gathered them together, and said, I need an elder in this church. And then if they didn't have one, a lot of times he would take one of his companions that traveled with him, and I'll show you later on, you stay here, we're going to move on. But when he came back, he told him, you need to, now these people are starting to grow. I need a man out of that church that God has called to watch over that church. You don't just start a church and you don't just watch over a church. It's a called position. Go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter number 16. In Acts chapter number 16. Now, folks, if God called you to be a missionary, be a missionary. If he called you to pastor, you're not a missionary. You're not a missionary. Watch what it says, Acts 16, look at verse number 4. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and the elders which are at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number. He just got through telling you they went back and put men in all those churches and established them in the faith and things began to increase. Now I have a local church in an area that before it just had some saved people and they didn't know what to do. Now Paul said, I've given you an elder, and this is what he's saying here. Look at verse 6. And when they had gone through uh, Phygia and the region of Galata and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, for some reason the Holy Ghost said, no, Paul, you're not going that direction. And after they were come to uh, Mysia, maybe, they essayed to go to there, but the Spirit would not let them. They also passed through. Look at all these places he's going to. And he came down to trails. A vision appeared, and we come to find out that Macedonia had been praying, we need to hear something from God. Guess who showed up? Paul. Paul went down there. Paul went down there and did the same thing he did everywhere else Paul went. Paul went down there and preached the gospel to these people. They were waiting on it. They knew there was something wrong. They didn't know what it was. They were searching for something, didn't know it was God, didn't know it was Jesus Christ. So Paul went down there, and the Holy Spirit led him down that way. Go down to verse number 10. And after he had seen in a vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel to them. He didn't go down there preaching the Bible. He didn't go down there and set himself up as a pastor. Hey, there's a place down here, could use a good church. There what? That was true, but that's not why Paul went there. Paul went there to do what? Preach the gospel to them. And we come to find out he established a church there. Go to uh, Titus chapter number one. Timothy, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James. 
Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, 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 Titus. As I find it, we'll all read with me. Titus chapter number one. Look at verse number four and verse number five. Now, Titus was one of the young men, young men, probably 40 or 50 years old, that traveled with the Apostle Paul, uh, just like uh, Luke did, and just like uh, uh, Titus and um, who? Timothy. Uh, Some places you'll find him called Timotheus, okay? And you'll find here, look at verse number four. To Titus, mine own son after the common faith. He's talking about spiritually. Said this young man's been with me. I'm telling you, he's as close to me as if he were my own son. I've taught him the gospel. It's ever since he's been saved, we've been together, learning together, traveling together. So he refers to him as my son in the common faith. Grace, mercy, peace from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5. For this cause left I thee in Crete. So he takes one of his own companions who he has been teaching and training that was traveling with him and left him in Crete, which is a city that thou shouldest set in order the things that are want, things that are missing, things that are lacking. Titus, I need you to go down here and I need you to set some things straight in this local church. Why? They, evidently they didn't have a pastor. He said, you need to stay here. There are some things lacking in their understanding and the way they're doing things. And then watch what he said. You're not going to stay there necessarily. Ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So again, Paul goes down, he finds new places, he preaches the gospel, he settles things a little bit, he either puts one of his own men there until they find a proper someone that God has called and an elder to watch over that area. Normally, it's somebody from that church or that area, a national. Then he turns it over and says, don't keep preaching the gospel, I've already done that. I need you to establish things that are wanting, things they need to learn, things that they're still missing. I want you to do that. So all are needed. Pastors are needed. Evangelists are needed. Publishers are needed. Well diggers are needed. School builders are needed. Teachers are needed. All these things are needed. I'm not saying they're not necessary. We're talking missionaries as opposed to pastors. All of these things are, are needed. But there seems to be a title applied incorrectly and to almost anybody nowadays. Missionary. Listen carefully. Pastor is not a missionary. An assistant pastor, whether on a foreign field or in America, is not a missionary. Check this out, okay? They're on a foreign field and they've established a church and they come here and say, I'm a missionary in wherever, New Zealand. And uh, I'm a missionary there. Uh, And yeah, that's my church, and those are my people, and I go there, and I'm here to get support. We go like, man, isn't that something? This guy's got a church in New Zealand. We need to support him, and he calls himself a missionary, right? Okay, now we're all part of New Zealand, ready? We're all New Zealanders, and I come to you from America, and I tell you, I've got a church established, but I could sure use some more funds. I'm a missionary, and you go, what? You're in America. You're a pastor. You're not a missionary. Okay, turn it back around. Let's talk about New Zealand. New Zealand, when a person decides, I'm going to stay right here and build a church and I'm not going other places to spread the gospel, you are not a missionary. You are a pastor of a church, just like I am. I'm a pastor of a church in America. Okay, put me in Mexico and I build a church. You guess what I am? I'm a missionary now. I'm not a missionary now. I'm a pastor of a church. What throws us is the foreign field. Do you know to them this is the foreign field? You know, a lot of countries starting to send missionaries to America, which they should. 
we need them. Now, so what happens here is this. A teacher in a local church is not a missionary, whether in America or over there. Our teachers are not missionaries here. We have teachers. She, uh, where's Miss Emma? Where, where, where? She's not a missionary. She's a teacher in America. Uh, uh, Jessica is not a missionary. He's not a missionary. He looks like a missionary. He's not a missionary. These are people on staff at the Anchor Baptist Church, this local body of Christ. They do not travel. They do not go everywhere starting new ministries and new churches. They, they do not do that. They're not missionaries. By definition, they're not missionaries. By Paul's example, they're not missionaries. So what do we have here? A supplier of church materials is not a missionary. I know we got people that go to Thailand in big containers full of Bibles and all like that, and we're missionaries to Thailand. No, you're not. You're a supplier of missionary materials to missionaries and, and pastors in that church. But you're not a missionary. I'm a literary missionary. No, you're not. Where you get this stuff at? Or literature missionary. One who watches over an orphanage is not a missionary. You say, I'm on the mission field. No, you're in another country. You're in the mission field if you're a missionary. Okay, from their perspective, I'm on the mission field. You said, no, you're not, preacher. Okay, just turn it back around. Let's follow, let's follow example and definition. I would be a missionary to some people. Why? Because I'm on a foreign field and I can sure you support it. I'm doing a good work and you folks need to support me. We have people call themselves missionaries that basically are pastors and come here and ask for support. And because they're in the Philippines or Thailand or something like that, we go like, yeah, they're missionaries on a foreign field. It's just the way we've been taught to think. Well, this is what started bothering me back about three years ago, and I kept thinking, something's wrong here. can't put my finger on it, but something's wrong. Missionary belongs to a local church. All Christians should belong to a local church. Every person should have their local church that they are responsible to and a man of God that they answer to. This is why I'm not for parachurch organizations. They don't need to answer to anybody. A parachurch organization is somebody who really doesn't belong to a local church, but they're doing a work for Christ. Then why did Christ give his life for the local church? So we got publications, we've got orphanages, we've got children's schools, we've got everything, and we just all kind of lump them together as being missionary needs. They're not. I'm not against them. Please don't misunderstand me. More orphanages need to be started. More schools need to be started. More help needs to be out there. But we're talking about missions and our missions program. So missionary belongs to all, all people do, but goes to new areas to spread the gospel. The death, burial, and soul winner. I'm specifically going to an area nobody's been or very few people have been to win people to Christ. That's not the end of his ministry. To teach and train men in that area, to establish a leader out of those people, start a church. Time for me to go on. Missionary, evangelist, not pastor. Pastor, okay, aren't you tired of pastors staying in one place four or five years and moving on? Don't worry about it. He's just an evangelist. He's a missionary. What's a big deal? This is what some of our 
missionaries were doing. Every couple of years or less, they're moving to a new place and saying, God led me somewhere else. I have a problem with that too. We'll talk about that another time. So what's a pastor? A pastor is a man called by God to a specific place to establish a church to do Ephesians chapter 4. Go ahead. What am I here doing? I mean, what is this really all about? What is a pastor to do when he goes to an area? Okay, there was no church established here when I came here. When I first came here, though I was called to be the pastor, there was no church. So basically, I started off as a missionary to the lost heathen of the west side of Washington. No, they're only heathen in a third world country. Are you kidding me? Have you been to the west side here lately? West side university, amen. Folks, listen to me. The thing that's confusing us is foreign countries. Well, if I'm over here, this is a foreign country. But we don't look at America that way. And we're not looking at missionaries like God is trying to describe. It's right here in the Bible saying, okay, Paul, there's no such word as missionary. The closest Bible word that we have is evangelist. So watch what happens here. A pastor is a man called by God, first of all. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, very sincere too, said, uh, so you went to college to become a pastor? And at first I started to snap. And I said, no, that's not the way it works. I went to college to learn more about the Bible so I could do the job of pastoring better. Colleges do not make pastors. God calls a pastor and then he needs to begin to study and learn and train and experience a lot of things so that God can use him. Colleges, Bible colleges or not, does not turn out pastors. That's not the way it works. He's a called man of God. To do what? He needs to establish a local church to do what? Here's what pastors do. Look in Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors, and then he says, for or because or the need, the perfecting of the saints. For the, This is not what you do with lost people. Lost people need to hear the gospel. After you're saved, this is what needs to take place. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, which is a local church. The Bible clearly says the body of Christ, which is the church, which is the church, till we all come in unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect... This is nothing about soul winning. This is all about people who are saved that need to learn how to grow up in the Lord. That's a pastor's job. That's not evangelist's job. Evangelists come in, they used to say he, cut, he, he, he blew in, blew up, blew out. If you've never heard that, he, he blew into town, he blew up all over everybody, and he blew out of town, okay? That's what that meant. And left the preacher holding the bag. There you go. But what happens is they come in, get everybody fired up about soul winning. Now we have evangelists running around acting like pastors. They counsel with my people, tell my people what they should do and shouldn't do, when they should move, how they... That's not his area. That's not his, that's not his position. That's my position. That's why when you call other preachers and say, what do you think I should do? You just stepped out of God's will. There's no Bible for that at all. You'll always find some pastor that'll agree with you on anything you want to do. So if that's what you're looking for, you'll find it. So a pastor here, part of his job here, look at verse number 13. Till we all come in unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, maturity, unto the measure and stature of fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Evangelist doesn't do this. A missionary doesn't do this. 
a missionary starts something, sets it up, puts an elder there, puts a preacher there, and moves on to do it again. When that's done, he moves on to do it again. This is why we say all the time, when missionaries come here, here is what they say. I want to go to the mission field to win souls, build churches, and train nationals. For what? You're staying there and running the place. What are you training the national for? For what? To be a soul winner? Everybody's supposed to be a soul winner. So watch what happens here. So he goes on down here in verse number 14. Till we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint, that's every person, supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. And he's talking about a local church now. He's not talking about the work of an evangelist. He's not talking about the work of a missionary. Paul said, look, I've already got this started. We need somebody to put this whole thing together. We need to be trained. Every, teach them how to, everybody has a part to add. Till every joint addeth to the body. That's what we're supposed to be doing here. And so what we find out, we have so-called missionaries, so-called, on foreign fields in one location who are actually pastors and or staff members of a local church. And they will even come back to the states and say, we can't make it and we still believe, we're buying into this missionary thing that they need more support. He said, preacher, they're doing a good work. Didn't say they weren't doing a good work. Didn't say they, they weren't in the position they were supposed to be. They're claiming the wrong title, and they're not fulfilling that title. Remember, again, we're not trying to establish who's doing a good work and who's not. We're trying to establish our missions program. You understand? Okay, very good. Now, so what happens here is this. We find out here they stay, they stay there training and helping to edify the believers. That's not what a missionary does. Not, not, I'm not against any of this, but they're not doing the work of an evangelist or missionary. I believe we should help establish and support both local churches on foreign fields and send out missionaries. But here's where I start thinking about things. Missionaries or evangelists by definition and work is totally different than that of a pastor in a local church. Totally different. Pastors do not move on. Pastor stays. That's his flock. God holds him responsible. The flock is supposed to yield to those that have the rule over them. An evangelist, he's already gone. He's not ruling over you. He won you to Christ, pat you on the head, teach you a few things, said, here, here's a good guy. He can do this. And so he goes on from there. Anchor has a missions program. Where it was we intended to send out and support missionaries not pastors of local churches, foreign field or not. That, that's not what our intention was. That wasn't my intention anyway. We do not have all the answers. I've already told you that. Brother Celia and I have said, preacher, but that means if they stay here, for how long can they stay there and they're not a, a pastor of a church? I, I don't know all that yet. Just being, I, I don't know all that yet. Paul stayed in one place for two years. He'd become a pastor. He stayed in another place for one day and had to leave. Is he an evangelist? Is he a missionary? I think Paul overall life was an evangelist, if you would, missionary. Titus, Timothy, Luke, these guys all become pastors of churches. 
not pastors of the church like it's one big church. Pastor of local churches. Every church you find in the Bible is associated with a, with a visible local area. We do not have all the answers to all the scenarios that we're going to run into. We, we just have to get started. We are wasting money. We are wasting time. And we're looking at things, I think, in a wrong definition. And, wrong, and I, I call it my fault. I just didn't know. I didn't know. There are churches to this day that are still doing it this way, and they'll continue. Even if Brother Nelms or Brother Tim tries to explain it to them, they'll go like, yes, well, that's what we've always done. And they'll just go right on. I, I don't think that's a good thing to do, but I'm not the pastor of their church. I'm the pastor of this church. And once God starts bothering me about something and I start recognizing, wait a minute. Well, first of all, it's not working. In the past year and a half or so, we've had 15 or so so-called missionaries come off the field. Half of them weren't doing the missionary work to begin with. We have a lot of them. They're not winning souls. They're not training nationals. They're actually an assistant pastor in a local church in another country. Well, we need to get people in foreign fields start supporting these guys. They need support. They're good guys. They're winning souls. They're doing a work for Christ. You guys need to get a video together, and we can go travel and just... So, with that, all that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Celier, and he's going to talk to you about some other things. So, Pastor did, just did an amazing job explaining um, what what the mindset, what the mindset of our church should be, um, because it's what his mindset is um, of what pastor believes is a missionary versus a national pastor. Um, as Pastor said, um, he he wants to go in um, two directions. Um, he wants to go finding. He wants to split our mission program into what it should be: missionaries, which is what our mission program is, and then us um, supporting national pastor in foreign countries to to help them in in, in those things. Because, like he said, they're they're both worthy of support. Um, but with missions program, we're going for missionaries, um, and with um, the supporting of the national pastor, like I said, there's there's pastors out there doing amazing things, and I'm going to show you a video here in a second of one in particular that we support. Um, he's a pastor um, in a foreign country, um, but with his church, um, I mean, more than they, they've, they've planted and um, trained and have a Bible college there, they've done an amazing work in that country, um, and, you know, we've been supporting them for a while, but, you know, does he fall under the definition of a missionary? He does not. Um, but um, again, it's one of those worthy calls. It's just like, um, just like um, being, um, just like Best Ministries, where they do the Bibles. Um, but that's the two directions where we we want to draw that line and split it, split it off in our understanding of what a missionary is. So, Pastor and I, we've talked about um, criterias um, just so everybody understands. Um, about who we are supporting here in this church as missionaries. Um, and I wanted to give you guys a few. Um, number one, as you heard, they need to be a soul winner. They need to be constantly winning souls. That's why they're going over there to win souls and um, get people baptized and build churches. That's the other thing. They need to have, They need. yep, then train nationals. They need to be going to specific areas that we're looking for. Um, we're not sending missionaries to the same areas that we've been sending for no targeting specific areas 
we're looking for missionaries that, that are going to specific areas, and um, if they don't fall within that area, unfortunately, we're not taking you on. Um, and um, the next thing, they need to have experience. Um, we're somebody that hasn't done it, we're not going to support them going through the entire process from start to finish for them to get on the field and they ended up, you know, after a while, um, dropping out, which has happened a bunch of times. Um, so we are only taking missionaries on that are have experience here. Um, here. Um, and the last thing is um, they have to keep communication with us like they should. Um, um, one of the first things that we did once we, we spoke with Brother Nelms and um, once we had a meeting and everything, um, Pastor was saying we understand. I send a um, missionary questionnaire to everybody. All the missionaries that we had that we support, I send a questionnaire. You know, what churches are, or how many souls have you won this year? Um, what's your position title? I need to know what it is that you fall under. And I should have phrased it, should have phrased it differently because all of them, they say they're missionaries, but not really. If, you know, if you find and you, you figure out the description and what the understanding, you don't fall under those categories. So, um, I, I sent all the information I got, all of them back, except a couple, um, but um, that will be taken care of. But the point is that those are the criteria, just so everybody understands um, that Pastor um, agrees that that is what a missionary is, and that is what we are supporting. Um, so um, right now, currently, um, we have 68 missionaries that we support currently right now. Um, 22 of them fit under the category of what we consider to be missionaries. Um, they're doing the work. Um, they're doing the work. They're winning souls. Um, they're, they're, they're not under anybody. They're, they're doing the work. They are missionaries, and they're doing the work of missionaries. That's 22 of them that we have. Um, 14 of them fall under the definition that Pastor talks about, which is what a pastor is in a foreign country. Um, they're doing, not, I'm not saying they're not doing good work. They're doing amazing work. They're not missionaries. Um, but, and then we have another 14 that kind of, I've, I've considered it more of a servant aspect of that. Um, they work for a local church as a teacher, um, you know, some type of outreach ministry, um, something like that. But that's another 14 of them out of the 64. Those are the missionaries that we currently have um, that I've received back from um, the questionnaire. And with my understanding, what me and Pastor have talked about, that is what we currently have. 22 missionaries that we support are missionaries as we know missionaries. Um, another 14 of them um, fall under the category of national pastors. Um, and then the other one I, I call servants because it's different outreach ministries worthy of support, but they're not missions. Um, but um, as Pastor and I have talked back and forth, um, he has made a decision, and I, I, I agree 100% that we cannot, fall, we cannot fault um, the missionaries that we currently have on um, on support for them, um, we cannot fault them for our misunderstanding of what missionaries are. Um, so pastors made a decision that we will not be dropping any missionaries that we currently have um, unless it's they're blatantly, you know, not following or not understanding or not communicating like they should. Um, then, yes, we will drop their support. And, again, it has happened. There's a couple that I need to look at now because they still haven't sent me back the questionnaire, which they haven't done it. Um, so, um, and me and Pastor would have talked about those here in a few. Um, but um, the point, all that being said, um, you know, that is what our definition of a missionary. A missionary's job is to go to a foreign country and go from place to place, new places, places that haven't been reached. You're not going under an umbrella of somebody else. 
um, you're going to a different area to establish, um, win souls, train national, baptize them, and establish a church and move on. That is the job of missionary. That is what we believe missionaries are, and that's what our mission program, our mission funds is going to go to. Um, um, here in a second, I'm going to play two videos. One is the video of what we call foreign pastor that is amazing work they're doing. Um, they're just not missionaries, but they're doing amazing work. So you guys have an understanding of the differences, what we're thinking about when we talk about a missionary versus a pastor, okay? Um, Brother Jordan, you're good to go. God showed his love by giving his only begotten son. See, if we want to show our love to the Ghanaian people, I'm sending our finest. I like her. Chief, I don't know how to say that we love your country anyway except to give you our best. Our goal at the First Baptist Church of Kamasi is to build a pattern ministry that will train and equip African leaders who will likewise go all over this great continent of Africa and the world reproducing what they have learned here. Hi, I'm Ted Spear, missionary to Ghana, West Africa, and pastor of the Fundamental Baptist Church International. And I want to introduce you to my good friend, Kingsley Ade Jesse. Brother Kingsley came to us about six years ago as a lost young man who wanted to serve God. We were able to win him to Christ and train him for the gospel ministry. We're now standing on the future site of his new church. I have the greatest confidence in Kingsley. He has started several successful ministries in our church. He started an information center ministry where we preach the gospel to thousands of people every week. He also revitalized our school ministry where we preach to hundreds of students every week in our ministry. And then third, Kingsley has started two successful bus routes. The second of those bus routes is right here in Montpontaine. About a year ago, we decided we would start a bus route here, and then we would turn that ministry into a church. And I'm happy to say it has been very successful. Kingsley has witnessed to 235 people here in Montpontaine one-on-one personally. Over 100 of them have visited our church, and 16 of them have been baptized. In addition to all that God has done through Kingsley in our ministry, God has also blessed him with a wonderful wife named Lydia and two beautiful daughters named Elizabeth and Lindsay. And I have great confidence that God is going to use this family greatly here in Montpontaine. Kingsley, I'd like for you to share your vision with the people. It is my desire to have a Bible-believing church in this community that will reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. And currently we have a house that we have rented for Bible studies. On Sunday nights, we are averaging 36 people that are coming to Bible studies faithfully. And also on Saturday morning, we are averaging 21 people that are coming for soul winning training and going out with me in soul winning. I'm so excited about what God is doing in this ministry and what he's going to do in the future. Thank you. All right, we're here in a village called Pretrinsa, and it's a Saturday night, and we're heading to a service, and um, some people over here waiting for us, and excited about the opportunity to preach to one of our daughter churches. On the camera, I got my... Uh, my translator, Brother Stephen Apoku. It's been raining a lot here. It's rainy season, so you have to watch where I watch where we step. Show them where we're walking here, Stephen. This is Pastor Collins, the J, who's walking in front of us. He pastors one of our churches nearby. We've got uh, two plots of land over here, and we're building a church building. 
There's some folks behind us coming in. Get them on the camera. Mm -hmm. So they've they've rented some tents for tonight for the service. But we're hoping we can get this building finished for them soon. I just hope I don't fall while I'm on this camera. <laughs> So straight ahead, we have a, this house right here is a, um, a mission house for the pastor. And then on the left is uh, where we're putting up a church building. So they're waiting on us. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm missionary Ted Spear. And for the past 12 years, I have served with my wife and family in Ghana, West Africa. It has been my privilege to lead Team Ghana, a group of missionary families who, by God's grace, have established the Fundamental Baptist Church International, a church averaging 700 in weekly attendance. In 2008, Team Ghana established Howells Anderson College of West Africa a Bible college primarily training pastors. The men that we have trained in our Bible college have gone on to plant over 40 different churches. In 2010, we began Fundamental Baptist Academy, a school training, educating young people to serve God. Our school has over 400 students, of which more than 100 are receiving free tuition. In 2017, we started the Fundamental Hour, a weekly television program that broadcast on one of the most prominent stations in Ghana. This program is also sent out throughout the African continent, allowing hundreds of millions of people access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2021, we started a radio ministry. We are now weekly preaching on existing radio stations throughout the city of Kamasi. Also in 2021, we started an orphanage where we currently take care of 54 orphan and needy children. The headquarters for all of these ministries is located in Kumasi, a city in the Ashanti Kingdom of Ghana. Hi, I'm Ted Spear, and my family and I are in our 14th year service here in Ghana, West Africa. In this update video, I want to highlight both my wife and children's ministries as well as some of our most recent church planning efforts. It's an incredible privilege to serve here at Fundamental Baptist Church. I've been given the opportunity to teach a ladies Sunday school class. It has been such a blessing to me to see how these ladies learn and grow and for me to learn and grow with them. We are currently in a lesson series about soul winning and I've been so excited that many ladies have stepped out of their comfort zones and are working at sharing the gospel with people in their daily lives. I have also involved myself in our nursery, specifically with our two and three-year-olds. I've been scripting and illustrating Bible stories for them and training young ladies to work with these little ones because I believe that the sooner we begin teaching the truth, the more readily it will be believed. 
I am also one of our church pianists, and I get to accompany our choir each week. My life is full and fulfilling, and I'm so grateful to have a part in this ministry. One of the joys of our mission work is watching our children participate in the church's ministries. Our children are all active soul winners and serve in church ministries. Rachel, our middle child, just finished her schooling last year and has just spent the last nine months serving on our church staff. She will be beginning Bible college this January at Howells Anderson College. Our youngest daughter, Grace, loves working with little children, and she is a very devoted nursery worker, helping to care for the children each Sunday morning. Recently, Grace and our son, Michael, have both been very active leading and helping to conduct Bible clubs for children in the local areas around our church. It is such fun to watch them lead in these ministries. The heartbeat of our ministry here in Ghana and West Africa is winning souls and making disciples, which culminates in seeing other churches planted. Our college student, Pastor Joshua Haruna, recently started a new church in the community of Salomon. They have been meeting under a tree. This is the first church ever in this remote community. And we're thankful that they now have the first church building as well. This church is averaging already in just a few short months, 115 people. In July of this year, we commissioned a new church planting team led by our graduate and pastor, Otri Wachi. This team has started a church in Fawasi and has plans to start another church in Afinso in the beginning of next year. Ofenso is a major population center just north of our main church here in Kumasi. In the year 2011, we sent our graduate, Pastor George Minion, back to his home country of Liberia to start a church. Earlier this year, one of his college graduates just started a church in the country of Sierra Leone. We're very excited about this development. Our graduate our missionary in Liberia has started a Bible college and one of those students has started a church in another country. What a wonderful blessing. Not only that, but in January of next year, 2023, he has another man that he's training who plans to go to the country of Côte d'Ivoire. And then also they are actively training uh, a pastor, Ted Roberts, to go to the country of Guinea. The fields are fruitful here in West Africa. Please continue to pray for us and to support us as we labor here in this fruitful field for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Anybody out there? Hold that for a minute. I don't mean to take a lot of time. Did you catch some of that? At the beginning, it said Pastor Ted Spear. Later on, he introduced himself as what? Missionary Ted Spear. They're doing a great work. That's not in question. They're building churches. They're training nationals. But they're doing it from one location. Somebody has to go. Now, what they're doing, they're building a church. They're putting a pastor there. And that's exactly the way it should be done. But we're talking about somebody going to an area that there's not a church. There's not a people. Getting some people together, spreading the gospel, and then turning it over to him. Ted Spear, do you see the size of that church? Does he still need our support? 
Well, let's put it this way. All churches could use more money. Amen. Right? Richest church in America. Somebody said just today, well, they have a big church. They can afford that. Big churches have big problems. Big debt, big everything. And uh, normally the preacher's big. And uh, so what you have here is he has established a local church, and he is the pastor of that church. He is no longer a missionary. But we're interchanging these. I'm all for what the guy's doing. Actually, we're going there. That's the place in Ghana we're going to go. And uh, all these other churches, they have started. That's what every local church should be doing, is starting other churches, right? And then you establish somebody from your church to that church and say, you stay there and train like Paul did Titus. You follow me? Okay, now you're going to watch, I think, about a missionary. Now you're going to see a short... Uh, we'll get popcorn and pop here in just a minute, okay? Uh, so now let's go back. I just... Remember what you've been taught. Remember what you're seeing. I don't have all the answers to all this. I really don't. This is a great work. They're doing a great work. They're starting churches. They're orphanages, feeding centers, you name it, like a local church should be doing. That's not what a missionary does. So we can talk about supporting local churches if that's what we want to do. But actually, we're trying to define our missions program, and that's what we're trying to do. Okay? All right, let's go ahead. when the majority of countries in the world are closed or highly restricted to foreign missionaries, we cannot rely on the foreign missionary. We have to use the national preachers to win their own people. It was Paul and his Greek preachers who changed the world, and the advantages of supporting national preachers in that day are the same as they are today. Over 50% of all nations are currently shut to the traditional missionary, and that number is expected to increase. Yet in all reality, no country is closed to the national preacher. He goes where others cannot or will not go. He has citizenship. When you close the doors of a country, you lock in the national preacher, providing him with a captive audience. The typical American missionary spends their first two to three years in language school before ever beginning the ministry. But for the national preacher, there is no downtime spent in learning a language. They're generally multilingual, and many will speak five, ten, or even more languages of the tribal peoples within their regions, rapidly increasing the spread of the gospel. Over 40% of American missionaries who start their years of deputation never make it to the field. Every national missionary is already on the field and actively involved in church planting, with or without regular monthly support. And when inflation rises, his standard of living remains equal to those among whom he ministers. The nationals don't have to raise funds. They work in the fields, sell food in the markets, make clothes, build houses, drive taxis, or whatever they have always done, preaching every night when work is finished. And working with their hands gives them the opportunity to meet more people with whom they can share the gospel. The purpose of funding is not to help them start a work, but to dramatically accelerate their efforts which are handicapped by the lack of any funding at all. Over half of the American missionaries who make it to the field and last for the first four-year term never return. The number one reason for quitting is the inability to adapt to the culture. But for the national, there is no need to adapt. It is their culture. The weather is not too hot or too cold. For them, it is normal. 
The food is not too bland or too spicy. It is typical. And going out to eat just means buying a meal from a street vendor. They live like the people they are trying to reach. In poor village homes, nodding compounds or gated communities. The dwellings are not too small or too dirty. They are all that they have ever known and exactly like what everyone else lives in. They're at home in the culture because it is their home. Over half of those who come home to report to their sending churches will never return. But furlough is not necessary for the national preacher. He doesn't have to purchase round-trip international plane tickets. In fact, the funds that would be used to bring him back to America could be used to build a church building or support his family and ministry for five years or more. These national missionaries do not say, if you support me, I will go. Rather, they are already there, already preaching, already going. National missionaries don't make requests for four-wheel drive SUVs or even cars. In most cases, they would be delighted just to have a bicycle and overwhelmed with joy to have a motor scooter. With our resources, they can accomplish more in one day than what they do now in an entire week. These national preachers can flourish in jungles that we cannot even penetrate. They ford rivers we would not dare to dip our toes in. They survive on food that we would never eat, and if we did, would certainly have coming right back up. We tremble with fear over a bad cold or flu, while they refuse rest when overtaken by malaria, typhus, typhoid. We demand air conditioning while they pray for a cool breeze. We sip from bottles of designer water while they drink from muddy, bacteria-filled pools. These brave men live out their lives sacrificing their own blood, sweat, and tears for the sake of the kingdom, going to tribes that have never been discovered on mountain peaks no foreigner has ever climbed. These are our friends, our brothers, our inspiration, our frontline fellow soldiers in the battle to overrun the enemy of our Lord. No wall erected by Satan can withstand their assault. Their shields of faith may be pitted by the arrows of the enemy. Their helmets of salvation may have withstood countless attacking blows from the swords of the foe. But no battlefield is considered impossible to conquer because their feet are sandaled with the ability to preach the gospel wherever they go. And they know they wield the mighty sword of the Spirit of God. They are fearless in their efforts, fortified in their faith, but underfinanced by their Western brothers who for the price of a cup of coffee would deny them the purchase of a Bible to swing into battle. Some would say that because they are not white, not educated, not well-trained, or not Americans, that they cannot be trusted. They may only have a bamboo hut or an open field to study in, but they are taught and mentored not by men who once did it or read about doing it, but by veteran warriors who still do the work of the ministry every day. 
expecting nothing from us. These men never retire. They just keep serving until the Lord calls them home. They preach because it is their brothers and cousins and tribal family that are dying without Christ. They preach because they cannot help but do so, believing we are holding them up in prayer and seeking to find support, not so they can start going and preaching, but so they can go further, proclaiming the gospel where no man has ever preached it before. We at Final Frontiers are their supply chain, their partners in battle, their encouragers, and we ask you to join us in prayer and support of a national preacher for $50 a month. If you can give less, your funds can still be pooled to help a young Timothy learn the ways of ministry so he can teach and train his own recruits. Speaking of an enemy attack, the Bible says, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. These men are capable of fighting the Lord's battles without our help, but at times a powerful enemy of fatigue, hunger, or disease can for a moment seem to ambush and prevail. With our help, the enemy is fighting against two as we give them encouragement and tools for the work, making it more difficult for Satan to be victorious. But with a third party joining our band, you, we become a threefold stranded rope that cannot so easily be broken. All they ask for themselves is that we pray for their strength. All we ask for them is support of $50 a month to supplement help in feeding their family, purchasing Bibles, and training young men for the ministry. While national preachers around the world hang on to our rope, we hope you will join them by joining us.
they could go to the strip and be completely completely comfortable, have the opportunity to do this. Um, and I honestly, if it was my recommendation, I'd suggest everybody to go. Um, you know, we could we could do it easily. We we could accommodate easily. Um, but we need to go and we need to see firsthand because at the end of the day, like like the video said, you know, there are brothers and sisters out there um, trying to do the work that we should be doing, but we're not. Um, so why are we not going to help them? Um, so Pastor, I'm going to let you have it. Very quickly, I hope you do not misunderstand. Am I still on? These are to work, missionaries and local churches are supposed to work hand in hand. Local missionaries come out, uh, uh, national missionaries, any missionary comes out of a local church. It's not arbitrarily, I'll just do what I want because that's what the Lord's guiding me. There's no Bible for that. Even the Apostle Paul had to report to Jerusalem and get their approval before they would start believing. I'm getting that feedback right now. Uh, before he could do that, there are ways that God has set up that we slowly got away from there because we have a better idea to do something. Better idea or not, something. This is not working. Turn this back on. And so you need to understand this is what we're trying to do. They work hand in hand. In Ghana, you have this huge church, and they're building other places. He's not a he's not a missionary. He's a pastor. When you go over here to India and places where Brother Nelm's showing you, these guys are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. You have a local church that sends out credible men or missionaries. They go to areas, to that village, that village. Yeah, there's not a church there. Go start a church there. And they go there, and then when they leave there, they go to another place, leave a missionary, leave a pastor there, and go somewhere else. This is how we're supposed to be reaching the world. But when you send a missionary and they become a pastor and they don't go anywhere, that's defeating the purpose. So Brother Celier will keep our church uh, more up to date about missionary activities that's going on, trips that are coming up, needs that are coming up, financing that is coming up. We will both um, we both believe that to be more effective, more cost effective, more time management. National missionaries are what's needed. National pastors are what's needed. Now, I'm not being obstinate, but I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to a foreign field. I'm not a missionary, and I'm not going to go someplace else and become a pastor. You stay where God puts you. I stay here until God says I'm done with you, okay, when that happens there. We will not drop a missionary or a work, no matter how it's defined right now, no, as long as any support of any existing missionary, preacher, or other works that we have taken on as long as they do not change location, stop winning souls, stop corresponding with us, and do not come off of the field for another reason that's not biblical. Other than that, we said, yes, we'll support you. We'll keep our word. We need to help reach the world. Every local church is to help reach the world. If you have your idea and I have mine, we cannot come together in unity. This church, right now, we're financially not making ends meet, and we're not supporting all of our missionaries like we should. We do not need to reach outside of here and find other things to involve ourselves in. If you do that, involve yourself here, or we're going to run into trouble. When we do that, everything connected to us is going to run into trouble. You understand me? We need to help reach the world. We all need to become involved financially in support, going on trips, and also in our prayer, absolutely. This is our intention at the Anchor Baptist Church as we go forward, and we'll do our very best to learn more and keep you updated where we're at. It's just a shame. We were up to 80-some missionaries. Now we're down to 60-something. None of it had anything to do with us. American missionaries, not all of them. We have some great people out there right now. We really do, and they are doing the work of a missionary. 
They're doing a great work. We're not going to drop them. But come to find out, they just do not have the stamina. It takes them three, it takes most of them three to six years or more just to gain funds. Why in the world do you need six to ten thousand dollars a month to go to a third world country? I'll never understand. And I've had preachers and, and, and mission uh, places explain to me why. It still doesn't make sense to me. None of us here on this platform make that kind of money. And we live in America. Our economy is way up to here. We don't, how, why do you need all that money? And they'll try to explain it to you. I don't understand that. And we've got these guys here building churches, winning hundreds, starting orphanages, feeding people out of their own pocket, and living on next to nothing. So I agree. I think we can be more efficient by taking on national missionaries and national pastors. I'm not against what we're doing here. There's a lot of good guys out. But like Brother Celier said, we're not going to send any more missionaries to Canada. We're not sending more missionaries to the Philippines. We've already got, our church alone has set, can you imagine how many missionaries are in the Philippines by now? Brother Nelms had 80-some pastors in Vietnam. This is the way it's supposed to work. 80-some missionaries and setting up churches in Vietnam, communist Vietnam. One day he receives a letter after I don't know how many years saying, Dear Brother Nelms, we no longer need your support. You say, well, that's terrible. No, that's the way it's supposed to work. They, they went there, they won souls, they established local churches. Those churches came up, started supporting them. You don't need our support now. So they were honest about it and said, Dear Brother Nelms, I'm sure there are missionaries out there somewhere that could use the support you're giving to us. We will be fine. That's the way it's supposed to work. I do not need support from other people. You're supposed to support me and these men here. That's what a local, just like Ted Spears. That church should be supporting him full time and whoever's on his staff. Your church right here, these guys, these people that are on staff, more than 40-some percent of the money they receive goes right back into this church. More than that. Almost half of what they earn goes back into this church. These are good people you got on the staff here. We need to establish this place and reach out so we can do more for you. This is our intention. I hope this makes sense to you. Please pray, give, get financially involved with what we're doing here. Quit dividing up your finances in all kinds of places. Let's centralize it on going to foreign countries, winning, getting missionaries there, establishing churches, and let's see what God can do through this church. Now, a lot of the reason you can't quite see this, you've never been to a foreign field. We're going back to Honduras next year. We're going to Ghana. We're going to Pakistan. Israel is not a mission trip. It's just a dream that I've never had, and that's why I'm going there. Right? You're welcome to go. If you can foot the bill, you're welcome to go along. All right? But in the meantime, you say, what's all this about? It's more than just being a world traveler. It is about the heart of God trying to get that in me so I can give it to you. You can go along. You need to be a part of that. Okay? Let's stand. We'll be dismissed. Thank you so much. I hope this made sense to you. Father in heaven, thank you for the patience of the people. I ask you to please bless us. May we come together in unity as a church should. May we all have a purpose. May we all realize part of our job is to reach the world also. I will not go to a third world country. Most of us never would. But there's a national there that's willing to win souls and go into places I would never think of going. Already knows the language. Already has a heart for it. I could support him for a whole lot less than eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month. So 
Father. God, I pray that please give us wisdom in this area. Give our people a unity in heart, emotions, prayer, financing, that we might help win this world to Christ before it's too late. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being what? Oh, yeah, go ahead. All right, let's sing this chorus here. Around the corner, around the world. Ready? Around the corner.